Welcome to Conversations at Mount Vernon's Washington Library. The Fred W. Smith National Library for the Study of George Washington at Mount Vernon serves as the premier resource for all who are interested in the study of George Washington and the revolutionary and founding eras. Every year, the library hosts numerous scholars who share our dedication to generate and disseminate new knowledge about all things Washington. The library's founding director, Dr. Douglas Bradburn, has the opportunity to sit down with these scholars to explore their research, and we are so excited to share those conversations with you. Today's guest is Flora Frazier. Ms. Frazier has been working in the publishing industry since her teens, when she was employed as a researcher by her mother and grandmother. Since then, she has written several biographies and historical books, the most recent being The Washingtons, George and Martha, joined by friendship, crowned by love. Today, Flora will be sharing with us why she chose to focus on the Washingtons as a couple, Martha's marriage before Washington, and how critical Martha was to her husband and the Revolutionary War effort. And now, Ms. Fraser and Dr. Bradburn. Well, here we are yes. at the Washington Library. I'm Doug Bradburn, the founding director, and uh, I'm here with Flora Fraser, and we're going to talk about her wonderful new book, The Washingtons, which just came out today, yesterday? Yesterday, mm. yeah, very exciting day. So the subtitle, George and Martha, Joined by Friendship, Crowned by Love. And for those of you who don't know Flora Frazier's work, she's a widely published author of wonderful books, uh, Beloved Emma, The Life of Emma, Lady Hamilton, The Unruly Queen, The Life of Queen Caroline, Princesses, a great book about the six daughters of George III, and Pauline Bonaparte, Venus of Empire. She's the chair of the Elizabeth Longford Prize for Historical Biography, established in 2003 in affectionate memory of her biographer grandmother. She lives in London. She comes from a literary family, which is, uh, puts a lot of pressure on you, I imagine. <laughs> well, yes, my mother, Antonia Frazier, um, published all my childhood. Mm -hmm. She continues to publish. and. She was an, and con she was and continues to be an inspiration. Mm. She also um, was my first employer mm. because I did research for her uh, at the British Library when I was a teenager. Oh, well, that's a wonderful place to work. And uh, at any age, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I carried yeah. on through my in university the in the family business here. Yeah. That's wonderful. So the apprenticeship. Uh, well, and you're following wonderfully in her footsteps. Your prose is is remarkable, and clever, and beautiful. And any anyone who dips into any of these books will will have great enjoyment. I can say that. But let's uh, let's get to the interesting question of why is an esteemed British author writing about uh, the all American, maybe not all American, the the uh, the the founding family, the Washingtons. How did you come to this project? Well, I know it, it's uh, it's a bit of a cheek, as we say in the UK, yeah, yeah. for a Brit to take on uh, the American couple, the Washingtons, <laughs> and I I fell into it. I came to visit Mount Vernon as visitors do to DC. I wanted to see the, the this historic home, and when I came, I. It was 2004, so a long time ago. I was in DC promoting my book, Princesses, about the daughters of George III. And I came to the mansion. I thought, 
how English? Mm. And of course, that was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, apart from anything else, there were mm. streams of American school children going around. <laughs> uh, but I, this idea persisted, mm. and I th thought about how they were British, and then how they went over the lip of conservatism into radicalism. Mm. And that journey mm. excited me. Mm. And I thought I, I'd really like to write about it. And I wanted to write about the two of them. Mm. From the beginning, yeah. it was the two of them that I wanted to write about. And why was that? I mean, there's, there's many books in which you get the story of George. Mm. There's a few, not, not many at all, where you get the story of Martha. What did you feel uh, you could contribute that was missing from the story by focusing on them both? I suppose it was coming to Mount Vernon mm. and feeling this is the, the Washington's home. Mm. It's not just George Washington's mm. home. Mm -hmm. It is a home that the two of them made. And of course, when I read a little more, and found how Martha's wealth, the wealth she brought from her first marriage, mm -hmm. contributed to the, 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 the embellishment of the mansion. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I thought that's interesting. <laughs> but most of all, when I thought about the couple and how Martha was such a confident, tough woman, mm. and how Washington had what I would call a, the frail, heroic character. Mm. A, a character I recognize from other great heroes, uh, like Nelson. Mm. Um, they need shoring up. Mm -hmm. And like sort of a level of insecurity there behind yes, it. Yes, yes. Well, I think you strike out early on in the book uh, noting that uh, marrying Martha was the making of George Washington. Did that, you see that as a, a crucial um, opportunity, clearly, economically, but also this, this point you're getting at, I think, that the, the shoring up, the establishing of the man uh, wouldn't have happened in the same way without this match. I think that's right, and I think you're, and I think you're the first one to really express that aggressively, which is wonderful. I think it's very insightful. Uh, and and I I'm echoing what Washington himself mm. wrote much later, mm. after uh, many years of marriage to Martha, and and some couples, you know, they're pretty used to being married. They don't celebrate. <laughs> their marriage in the same way mm. that this couple do and Washington writes to one of Martha's granddaughters to say that um, marriage is is the, the, the foundation for life it mm. is the most important decision you can take mm. Mm. and uh, I think why I loved writing this book was that it was about the human connection mm. 
the connection between two individuals who were both strong characters, mm. but they they were always there for each other, mm. and and they made compromises. They mm. worked at their marriage, mm. Mm. Uh, and I think it has. Um, echoes for anyone today uh, they don't need to be married mm. or in any relationship it's a t it's about making a life yeah. and it's it, it's a tremendous um, uh, upper mm. I, I find mm. um, although there are sadnesses it's, it's tragic in some ways and children and them. her children die yeah. They don't have children together. Right. That can undo many marriages. There's a silence about that. There is, <laughs> yes. Which you reference a few times. And, yes. and you, you deal with it very elegantly with the questions and the silences. You know, the, some authors are sort of ham handed in the way they deal with silence in that they sort of kind of either ignore it or they push on their own interpretation without really recognizing the ambiguities and you're very nice touch I think with sort of looking at human beings in in other situations and how they might react and saying well this is possibly how George and Martha could have felt but we don't know yeah yeah I mean, it's very nicely done at parts uh, let me turn that into a question um, I think some historians are daunted by trying to tell that human story of a, of a relationship between George and Martha because of the lack of letters between mm -hmm. them how did you uh, how did you decide that you could do it despite the the very few uh, letters we have? I suppose I felt this is a really important story to tell and it's going to be an oblique story hmm. because we don't have uh, the correspondence between them, a few letters, but of course the letter that we have, Washington's letter to Martha, mm. um, just gets me every time. The one he wrote when he was leaving Philadelphia to go to Leaving Boston. to go to command. Yeah. yeah, that we have that one here in the library. I it's know. Extraordinary. I mean, it's, it's, it's mm. one of the great love letters mm. of all time. As I often said, he couldn't go to a Hallmark store and just pick that up either. He had to it, come no, up that. no, I mean, <laughs> you know, every time I, I, I read it, I a just retain think, for you an unalterable affection which yes. neither time nor distance can change. Yes. I, I, yeah. and, mm. and so, obviously, that was mm. a, a, a letter written at, at, at a extraordinary time he was going into battle or at least he, he knew not for how long he was going he didn't know what he didn't know frankly whether he would be coming back mm. and nor did mm. she um, the, yeah, taking it, up arms against your king is never a uh, a safe bet it's it certainly in the 18th century didn't work out very well for the Scots uh, no indeed <laughs> it's not a safe bet <laughs> And they'd just had, uh, you know, they'd had in swift succession mm. Lexington, Concord, Bunker Hill. Mm -hmm. You know, these were the first deaths on yeah. on American soil yeah. since the French and Indian War. It mm. was so. It was an extraordinary moment mm. for mm. for both of them. 
but he was so uh, uh, he was so tender even at this time when he was setting off when there was so much to do mm. he had her in mind mm. and he wanted to be sure that she would be with friends either go to relations yeah. Yeah. or go into the safety or to Alexandria which might represent greater safety mm. or have relations come and stay with her what neither of them anticipated was that he didn't want her to be lonely what neither of them anticipated was that it was he who would need her mm, mm, and he okay. who would only a few months later yeah. call for her to come to him yeah. and then this became the pattern mm. every at the close of every campaigning season she went to him in winter headquarters and, and what was the impact of that what was the importance of martha coming to winter every year. What 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 effect did that have in the on the story of the war effort? I think the importance was uh, she raised the morale. Mm. Uh, her arrival raised the morale uh, at headquarters. Mm. That is, it raised the morale for the general and his family, his military family. But above and beyond that, uh, the many, many visitors, whether they were congressional delegates or uh, foreign envoys, foreign volunteers coming to headquarters, these were rough and ready headquarters. Sometimes mm. the dining room was a log cabin. <laughs> um, sometimes the log cabin was never built. Um, it was a log cabin at Valley Forge at Morristown. They never got it built because the, the snow came. Mm. Um, they were dining off iron plates which have become tin, or do I mean tin which have become iron? Uh, I mean, it was, right. it was, it was, they were sitting on stools mm. and yet, she uh, she shared some kind of magic mm. so that for Washington it was as though they were at Mount Vernon having the neighbours over mm. and yeah. Yeah. there was a genuine mm. um, sense that here was a, a, a headquarters not a European mm -hmm. military mm -hmm. headquarters, but she made these pitiful lodgings and the often pitiful meals into something which was uh, which impressed visitors mm -hmm. and she actually brought a bit of fun that's into right. proceedings. That, that's the sense I get. Yeah, there's a, yes. a real joyful spirit that she brings yes. to the whole occasion. And it just, uh, you know, it, it makes things seem possible, which it, seem impossible. It, exactly. Before she shows up. And yes. everything all of a sudden, oh, of course it'll be fine. We'll yes. Be. And and yeah. the the aides say, you know, mm -hmm. that, that um, they long for her yeah. to appear because the general's temper <laughs> is going to improve. Yeah. Yes, it's going to improve. <laughs> and as we know, yeah. 
you know, he could still give way to tremendous mm. outburst like when he quarrelled with, with Hamilton mm -hmm. at Peck yeah. when Hamilton was an aide. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, Martha was there and she was... I love it when she christens one of the... Uh, mm. some cat Hamilton yes. because yeah. Hamilton's such a... It's mentioned in the hit musical, actually. Yeah, that, is yeah, it? Yes, that, it is a wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but other yeah. things. I mean, she's she's there chatting to these young men who are absolutely exhausted, mm -hmm. not not by yeah. going out and fighting great battles, but by correspondence, by these long yeah. hours. They're all yeah. exhausted. The tedium. the tedium, and and she's there in the these makeshift parlors and dining mm -hmm. rooms providing a, a, a bit of fun. Yeah, and it, and it is interesting with Washington's army uh, was always so essential from his point of view to keep it European, you know, to not let it degenerate into uh, you know, a complete leveling army uh, mm. or, an, uh, you know, a, a rogues army or, and, and to have the, the civilities of life still maintained was yeah. an important aspect, I think, of those those moments, you know. Yes, uh, you right at the right at the beginning, um, right at the beginning when he's taking command, he's issuing those orders that officers are, mm. uh, are to be wearing these colours right. and distinguishing. He doesn't want the officers. He doesn't want a Yankee Democrat, right? Um, right. Bonhomme or no, polite. no, <laughs> uh, no camaraderie. Right. We're having officers. We're having, uh, uh, but, but the idea w when the French come in is that there is a, they are roughly mm. equivalent yeah. to their French allies and can work yeah. together. So let's take a step back a little to uh, uh, an earlier time. Talk a little bit about Martha. Uh, one of the things that comes through is how strong she is, strong-willed, mm. uh, 18, 17 years old when she's first getting married um, to Daniel Park Custis and his father, uh, John Custis, is uh, notorious in many ways, and he, uh, he just disapproves. Mm. Talk about that story. What did that tell you about Martha? Trying to understand that match. Well, Martha is of insignificant birth. Her fa her father is a, a clerk uh, in New Kent, uh, outside Williamsburg. She does, however, have an uncle who's on. The governor's council mm. and indeed she has two interesting uncles in England one a merchant and one is Bartholomew. The, the, yeah. the painter Bartholomew <coughs> Dandridge who mm. paints the Prince of Wales mm. so uh, I've always found that interesting that she's got this artistic blood because she goes on to be mm. quite interested mm. in disseminating Washington's image as we know he's, yeah. he's not interested in it himself but yeah. but going back to her first betrothal um, her, her, her 
prospective father-in-law completely against the match mm. and she charms him mm. and he's completely bowled over mm. by her charm and says mm. you know having said I won't have a dandridge to let her <laughs> uh, maiden name whenever dandridge nothing giving to a dandridge of course John Custis very quarrelsome man mm. interesting man but quarrelsome mm. quarrel bitterly with Martha's uncle on the governor's council mm. um, and um, next thing we know he's rather <laughs> have his son marry her than any lady in Virginia it sounds amazing and you can just picture this crusty old man yes and then just being won over and totally. cheek flipping completely yes you know. and she it's had so this charm <laughs> yeah. all her life uh, uh, she was pretty she was um, petite, mm. probably under five foot, five foot, I mean, difficult you, to say. You write some very funny things about those hats that she's always oh, pictured yes, wearing. Yes. I think as she gets older, the hats get larger. They're bigger and, and They bigger. swallow up her head eventually. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, but, but when you see it in the miniatures here at Mount Vernon, mm. um, I mean, she's a very pretty woman, mm. and and is said to be so um, by all. Uh, and of course, she gets much larger. She has four children, and we all go that direction. Exactly. Listen, I mean, <laughs> my God, we're all we're all there. And but but she she marries this man, who is her close neighbour. Mm on the Pamunkey River and he is 20 years older than her and he's, he's quite reclusive in mm. so far as one can mm. know tell, yeah. tell but you know she takes it on and um, daddy daddy Custis dies very soon so um, but she's as far as we know, and we don't know um, much about her life with her first husband, except uh, we know what they bought, because mm. like all right. Virginians of the time, they sent to England yeah. the tobacco, and with the tobacco for sale, they sent invoices um, for goods to be sent back. I think it's one of the strengths of the book is your use of uh, account books and the records of, uh, you know, of what, what many historians would, would find tedious. But you you take such a joy in looking at the different kinds of fabrics and the clothes and the material culture, uh, of which we of course have a, a, a great amount here at Mount Vernon. And Absolutely. I think that I think that you do that so well. And it it, it goes back to our earlier conversation about the lack of documentation between George and Martha, but yet you can look at these transactions yes. uh, and, and bring out the, the, the life of the moment by paying close attention to chronology, by paying close attention to how these things would be used, why they might be buying them, when they're buying them. I just think you do that particularly well uh, in the book. So, Well, uh, I, I, I learned, mm. if you like, from my mother and grandmother, mm. um, maybe being... Um, Big women who 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 were, my grandmother was uh, terrific 
fashion plate. My mother <laughs> loves clothes, and so do I. <laughs> so um, maybe we we're naturally interested in um, material culture, mm. Mm. Uh, but. Uh, Virginia in the 18th century uh, I mean it was a very uh, mm. there was a huge consumer culture mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. can um, and, and it's very interesting it, not as a I'm not a social historian I write about mm -hmm. people but I certainly have always looked to um, account books and yeah. um, when I've written about royal women, I've worked in the Royal Archives and there uh, it was very important to look at who were um, in, uh, who was in the royal, different royal households mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and, right. uh, and what they were paid and all kinds of things which you can forget yeah. sort of because it, if someone's on 600 a year yeah. and someone's on 100 even within a court, you're gonna find there's a bit, you know, the one has a bit more power, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's worth worth knowing yeah, such that's things. Yeah, interesting. The gradations there. Well, and, and in the 18th century, as you know, of course, those gradations in rank were clear in the clothes mm. people wore. Mm. Uh, nowadays, of course, if you're a billionaire, you don't you just wear t-shirts yeah. wherever you go. But uh, uh, it's really annoying for those of us who like to wear a tie. But uh, because now we just look like servants, but <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, but so Washington and Martha were notorious clothes horses. I mean, yes. uh, did they influence each other's fashion, or did they just sort of go their own way, and they were their own kind of uh, yes, people I, in that regard? It's it's kind of interesting. Um, there's one um, invoice that's sent when um, there's one year when after Martha's first husband dies, when Martha sends the invoices from the White House, their home in, um, on, in New Kent County, and you can see what she's choosing. But I think she'd always chosen pretty much, she'd told Daniel what they were gonna have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they were mm -hmm. wonderful gowns and, <laughs> but, but she, um, she writes um, at one point to from Mount Vernon uh, to a, 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 a she writes from Mount Vernon um, to London uh, and says um, she wouldn't like to have the turkey stone mm. that Mr. Washington had chosen which is a turquoise. Yeah, of course. Yeah. She, she, she'd like um, a, a, a different um, necklace. And so, mm. You, mm. you know, I, I think they were very interested in, yeah. in how each other looked. And the wonderful thing about Washington is that he, he looked marvellous till the day he died, <laughs> uh, older. And, and of course, he got deaf. Yeah, and, and his teeth fell out. And the teeth fell out. <laughs> Um, but Martha had marvellous mm. little white teeth, but actually <laughs> she had false teeth in the end. Mm, mm. And uh, but he's walking in Philadelphia one day uh, when when they're in the second term of his presidency, and he meets 
Charles Wilson Peale, who's mm-hmm. painted the Washington since yeah. long before the 72, war. Seventy-two. Yeah. It's um, and he says, Mr. Peale, Mrs. Washington is looking particularly fine. I'd like you to paint her. <laughs> um, and and you know, Wonderful. I mean, to most people, she yeah. she was a, a a granny yeah. wearing a large mob cap. <laughs> but um, but yeah. it's uh, a yeah. um, but I love that, and I love him saying to Benjamin Franklin's daughter, Mrs. Uh, Bage. Do you say Bage or? Uh, I say Batch or Bage. Oh, it depends on who I'm talking to. I don't yeah. think anyone knows how to pronounce. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's so, not a widely held name today. Right, so. uh, and it's uh, during the the war, and um, Washington's dancing with Franklin's daughter, Mrs. Bage. Mm. Uh, I think they're in Philadelphia, and he says to her, "Today." Uh, is the anniversary uh, 20 years ago today I married Mrs. Washington mm, mm, which is lovely. sort of wonderful yeah. so let's talk about that match uh, here he is a French and Indian officer mm. planning to leave uh, he doesn't yet own Mount Vernon outright mm. uh, he's got a limited fortune in that regard he doesn't have a lot of I mean, he has some Western investments, and I guess he has the potential of future Western lands from his service, but that's all in the future. Uh, and then here she is as a, a widowed woman of 26, 7, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, how, do they, uh, how, do they, how do they come to uh, find each other? Why does it, why does it happen? Uh, well, we will never know uh, quite what... Well, I mean, I say we will never know, but uh, we have in those wonderful things called account books um, <laughs> the payments mm, mm. Uh, to Mrs. Washington's servants That's right, yeah. and also to her brother-in-law, Mr. Bassett's servant. Mm. And there are wonderful stories told by Martha's grandson about this meeting and uh, how they sort of ran into each other and fell in love but um, <laughs> Williamsburg very small place I, I mean society wise very yeah. very well relatively small it was place small, but, yeah. but it was small yeah. and um, the times of the um, the uh, general assembly you went in. You went. You went to balls. You went to the yeah, governor. Everyone you, who was in their right rank would have met each other. You met each you other. You knew who people yes. were. Yes. You saw them on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And I grew up in Williamsburg. I oh, know okay. The scale well, of yeah. It. It's just a green uh, I mean, town, it's right? just it's, impossible. Yeah, I yeah. think that yeah. that they didn't. Yeah. They certainly. They're at Christina Campbell's, or they're yeah. at the Raleigh yeah. Tavern, yeah. or wherever yeah. they're at the maybe yeah. the governor's yeah. palace. But yeah. And and. How did he know that she was available? Well, I have always thought, and I say in the book, that I think the Robert Carter Nicholas um, Fairfax connection is mm. is 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 yeah. one. Yeah. 
Robert Carter Nicholas, the lawyer, married to Sally Fairfax of uh, Belvoir's um, uh, sister. The, the Carter Nicholas's come and stay here. We right. know that. Right. Um, there would have been talk about George. Yeah, and yeah. Carter Nicholas. Are we going to settle George? Yeah, exactly. What are we going to? You know, what <laughs> shall we do about yeah. George? And um, there's a musical number in that. Somewhere. I know, so absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean the Washington's the musical. It's next. Um, we, we hope. Yeah, um, and um, and so Robert Carter Nicholas is the Parkcasters lawyer or at least one of them mm. he also acts for George I mean yeah. that's one so, one so there's circles within circles there are yeah. circles there's George Mercer mm. who again George Mason is the uh, nebula. I mean there are so many mm. um, I think all it took was a suggestion mm. to from someone to um, Washington to try his luck yeah, and yeah. that would have been it and I think um, it was a suitable match for mm. both of them. Mm. The two children needed someone to manage their fortune, she needed someone, not that she did rather well for that year, she was mm -hmm. widowed, but, um, but she needed someone to help manage the Park Custis estates. He needed a wife and children, although they didn't come. Mm -hmm. And I think it was one of those suitable mm. matches that, um, you know, it was practically an arranged marriage, yeah. but but yeah. not quite. I mean, that's yeah. my, I, it, it, that's how, how I feel it kind of happened. Yeah. Yes, they they found themselves agreeable enough together, and yes. they they both saw the logic in it, and mm. uh, and it worked out. The sense we get always, I think, and and you know, is this growing relationship yes, between them, exactly a deepening respect and love. Yes, uh, that emerges. Uh, how do you how do you see it? I mean, what what are the what are the moments in which you say, "Aha! I have them in my eye now." can say something definitive about their relationship. Yes, I think um, at, I, I have to say that I think at the beginning they were both very attractive. I cannot believe that Martha didn't find George drop-dead gorgeous. Mm -hmm. That's my... That's what we say around Mount Vernon, that he, yeah. was, uh, he was hot. But. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, he continued hot. Why would he not have been hot? Yeah, okay, he'd just been ill. Well, that true, would have made yeah. him look pale and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think Martha was very pretty. We can't, just because someone's pretty, you can't mm. say that's going to be his type. Right. Maddeningly, we don't really know what Sally Fairfax looked like mm, which is mm. one of it would be so so good you know so good to know yeah. but there we are um <laughs> so we don't or the lowland beauty the lowland beauty <laughs> i know um and i mean obviously late during the war he liked dancing with kathy green mm. who wouldn't mm. uh but my impression is that from the beginning, 
she was at the beginning she was keener on him mm. he was mm. more mm, sort of coolly taking a decision mm. to marry mm. yeah. he was he's a veteran of war at this point he's yes. not an impetuous youth no no he knows what he needs yes and he but thinks I mean, he's going to die, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she is a yeah. she's a a, a a widow, and mm. now she's not only a widow, but she's in a very few years of married life. She's had mm. two children die on her, yeah. and her husband, and her her father, mm. um, all of them suddenly. Mm. Um, She's looking yeah. for some stability. But it struck me, uh, and it never occurred to me before, in reading your book, you, I mean, Martha was in mourning clothes almost yes. all the time. Yes, yes. Because of so many deaths. Yes, um, yes. So, so you had the, so, so the two children yes. uh, that survived, that become, you know, George Washington's wards as he manages their estate. Absolutely. Um, John Park Cuss is Jackie, and... Um, Patsy, mm. uh, what's Patsy's name? Martha. Okay, right. So um, she's a she has a, a terrible story. Yes. Yeah. Um, how did that strike you as you got more into it? I, I mean, I hadn't seen the references to again George's journals. Yes. The, writing down all the fits. Yes, half a fit, one fit. So we think she suffered from some kind of epileptic epilepsy. Uh, yes. Yeah, condition. Yes. No, I um. I showed the, um, the the journal, um, um, the journal entries, mm. and also I sort of I sort of put down everything that we knew mm. from the accounts about all the different medicines that were tried. Right, right. And and that's what that struck me too. Just all the different types uh, of drops yeah, and and, I know, and, they, and, and efforts they just tried everywhere. all the different doctors and yeah, yeah. and um, it's very sad it, it was sad but they and they knew really that that she was not going to um, not going to survive mm. certainly not going to marry mm. and uh, and there she was this uh, one of Virginia's premier heiresses mm. Mm. who Martha, you know, continued to dress her and take her everywhere, and and mm. but yeah. it was um, yeah. It, it Jackie was um, it, in this extraordinary way the last of his line, and mm. and mm. it it had to be one of the reasons that he didn't join up because he was of age. Mm. Um, but although married when the war broke out mm -hmm. he uh he, he didn't have an heir and mm. he only um um fathered an heir uh, it, uh, wash the child the washingtons mm -hmm. brought up mm -hmm. was born in 81 and so the same year he died same year he died yeah yeah but yeah. um, and jack was a Jackie is a mm. bit of a disappointment. 
Yes. But, but the relationship between George and his ward seems to be a little different than it would be between him and the grandchildren. Yes. He, Is that my, just my sense, or what do you think no, about that? No, I, I think mean, he, he really... Um, he brought that child up yeah. from when Jackie was um, so young. And he... he, he poured into Jackie all the education mm. that he would have wanted for himself mm -hmm. because of course Washington's father died when he was 11 and his education more or less stopped there mm -hmm. and so you know this this child this this boy had the best education that mm. that money could buy and he he didn't want it he wanted yeah, yeah. to be, you know, the Virginia horse racer mm -hmm. that Washington Hounds, was guns and horses. Right? Yes, yeah. yes. Well, and then his son too. I mean, mm. you know, Wash was the same way. I mean, he was yeah. dissipated. Uh, yeah, the, the word would be right. It, yeah, idle, dissipated. Yeah, I mean, I neither yeah. of them were were bad. Mm. They were just. Um, and Jackie. Well, George Washington, I think, had a difficult time understanding anyone who didn't work from, yes. you know, from daybreak till yeah. evening on yeah. something useful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he couldn't and really understand. He couldn't understand it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you have to, um, you have to feel for him when he's mm. working daybreak to 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 whatever till the ca candles give out, mm. and he says. Um, to wash, you know, mm. it, it's just infuriating. Um, you're never there, even when it's meal times. Yeah. We have to send servants out to yeah. find you. Don't we all, as parents, know that feeling oh, yeah, of where the heck are you? I've yeah. made this food, and you know. Oh, I know it's yeah, it's it, extraordinary. <laughs> I have two boys myself, and I could imagine why are you doing that? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's yeah. the, it, it, there's something about that particular mm. letter um, mm. when he says, uh, you know, you just lounge around talking to anyone, distracting them from whatever they might be, mm. work they might be doing. Mm -hmm. um, and then when the meal times come, you're not there. It's just like... <laughs> Yes. Well, so it, well, it's an extraordinary, but we're 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 hard up on time here. I'm afraid. So yeah. let's have one final thought from you. Really, is uh, what do you think that uh, someone picking up the book? What what do you really hope they take away? Uh, if there was one thing that you want, wanted them uh, to, to to take away from this study, what it, what is it? I'd I'd like them to to take away the thought that. Washington and Martha were a, a unit mm. um, and in her in their lifetime that was recognized mm. and in the famous eulogy that um, Harry Lee Light Horse mm -hmm. Harry Lee mm -hmm. gives 
yeah. in which he says Washington was um, first in war, first in peace. Mm -hmm. First in the hearts of his countrymen. First in the hearts of his countrymen. Yeah. But he also talks about Washington as being um, dear to the object mm. um, of his affections mm. to and, and that at the time was Martha was was acknowledged as the source of at least some of Washington's strength mm. um, and so I would like um, to feel I've done something to restore mm. Martha to her rightful place at George's side not that being at Mount Vernon that there is any question uh, where Martha is fully acknowledged as a well it, it is nice now I think that the that Mount Vernon does a better job interpreting Martha than they certainly would have done 50 years ago oh uh, and absolutely you look at the orientation center and that statue in there of George and Martha and yes. the two grandchildren together yeah. to kind of pair with the statue in the education center which is the Udon yes you know Cincinnatus uh, yes. statue and, and and somewhere between those two statues is is the, is the, the right way to yes, think about it. I yes, yes. So. No, there's yeah. there's a there's mm. there are so many ways to to think about Washington, mm. um, and of course Martha, uh, his marriage to Martha represents mm. his private side. Yeah. But they were together. Uh, mm. it, through it all. Through yeah. it all. Yeah. Well, and again, to return to the earlier part, I mean, I think your notion that she gives something to his character, personality, perseverance, mm. stability mm. that he didn't have yeah. Um, yeah. before they married. Yeah. And it isn't just the money, although that was really important too. It, so, it, it, it yeah. was yeah. really important. Mm. And of course, at the Continental Congress, there was this rumor going around that if Congress couldn't pay the army, George Washington was so rich he yeah. could, which of course was very it's far from the yeah. truth. <laughs> but but those yeah. rumors mm. came, of mm. course, from mm. the 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 seed was yeah. the wealth the that, wealth, that yeah. Martha had brought him. Well, it's an amazing book. I appreciate you sitting down with me and and talking about it. And I do think that. People who are even aficionados of George Washington will come away with a different point of view about him, and and, uh, and particularly a much better understanding of Martha, uh, who who uh, is finally getting her due. So thank you so much for for sitting down and, and talking with me today, and uh, I look forward to this evening's uh, talk. Thank you, Doug. We hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. The Washington Library looks forward to continuing these conversations about our early American history. Please visit mountvernon.org forward slash library to learn more about the library's resources and programs. And remember, Mount Vernon is open 365 days a year and looks forward to welcoming you. Thank you and we'll see you next week.